Welcome to Anderswick Church. We hope this message empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit our website at annasbrook.co.nz for a service near you. How are we doing? Are we good? It's good to be here this morning. Uh, we've watched and joined in a few times from Christchurch um, on the live, and it's been great to be in the room. Hey, your Annasbrook family is so much bigger than this right here. And welcome to everyone in Wellington. You are part of this family as well. And anyone in Christchurch, we miss you already. Been a week, a week away, but um, it's so good to be here in Nelson. We came up for Carissa, my wife and I. Uh, we have two little boys, Rhodes and Darby. Absolute diabolical little humans. Um, but they are brilliant. And we had their birthdays both in October and then a daughter due in two weeks. Um, don't make a joke, but obviously something, they're all within a month. So, oh, maths. Anyway, obviously uh, this morning I want to talk about faith and I want to share some thoughts that hopefully encourage our faith, stir our faith. And um, for us, we've taken a few faith steps this year. We shifted cities. Uh, we left the beautiful Nelson and we left all our beautiful friends here at Saxton and all of our family. Chris's whole family, my whole family lives in the top of the south. And so it was a hard shift, but when God calls you, it makes it a lot easier, right? And so we shifted down to Christchurch. I started a new job building. Um, we started inviting random people to our home. <laughs> which was interesting, and it has been interesting, and it's been all sorts of challenging, planting a church as a team of two, um, point five, because Rhodes and Derby feel like they're involved, <laughs> but it's been all sorts of rewarding as well. We've seen um, baptisms, salvations, uh, people just come to know Jesus, people that don't even know what church is are finding out who Jesus is in a living room. And how good is that, just to know that, that God is on the move in, in Christchurch. So, yeah. So I want to talk about faith this morning. And if, if we know the, the well-known verse in Hebrews, it says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. We know that verse. We've heard that verse. Often we pray that verse and everyone says when you're going through a trial or a hardship, just have faith, right? Everyone's like, oh, just, just have some faith. You'll get through have some faith. But now faith, the faith for now, right? Not, not just, just have faith then, but now faith is the assurance of things we're hoping for. And when we read the Word of God, it's not, it's not faith for that. It's faith in God, in Jesus, that we know He can do those things. I read the Word of God and I, can, I read it and go, oh, wow, Jesus did that. Man, I have an assurance that whatever I have going on, He can do that too, right? He can bring me through that. And so I just want us to turn to Mark chapter 5, verse 21. Uh, it's a really crazy story. Actually, if you just read anything in the Bible, it's kind of crazy, right? It's just nuts hearing what Jesus was capable of or what, what He is capable of and what He did throughout the New Testament. And Mark chapter 5, verse 21, we hear a story where Jesus raises a dead girl, but also heals a sick woman. Are we familiar with this story? Yeah, I'm going to power through it because I want us to highlight some really crazy things that I don't think 
I've noticed before. It's one, one quick thing. How cool is that every season of your life, the Word of God changes, right? You can read the same Scripture when you're 10, God speaks to you. You can read the same Scripture when you're 20, God speaks to you. It's so good that this is actually a living Word, and it changes with the seasons. The words remain the same. His Word remains the same, but He is continually speaking to us. So, verse 21 says, Forgive my receding hairline, Wellington. When Jesus had crossed again over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him, and the woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she had heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I could just touch his clothes, maybe I'll be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized the power had gone out from him. He turned around to the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came forward, fell at his feet, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go and be freed from your suffering. When Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, The synagogue leader, your daughter is dead. They said, why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told them, don't be afraid. What? Just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After he put them all out, out of what? Don't know. The house. He took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went into where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Telethakum, which means, little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl stood up and began to walk. She was 12 years old. At this they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and then told them to give her something to eat. That's a big day for Jesus, (laughs) right? For starters, he's already been out in the boat. Hey, probably did some fishing on the way. Gets there, greeted by a crowd. This man, Jairus, is actually a synagogue leader. He's a well-respected man in the community. He's a rabbi, just like Jesus. He's teaching the Word of God. And he, he has a massive massive situation going on. His daughter is dying. He's, he's probably at his wit's end and he falls at the feet of Jesus and says, I need you to heal my daughter. This is the same God that spoke the world in, in Genesis 1. His, his prayer in that moment could have healed her. Instead, Jesus decides to go with him. Right? It's not, it's not a journey right then. And the thing about faith that I love is it's a journey. It's a walk. It's a thing that we need daily through the highs, the lows, the good, the bad, the easy, the hard. We need faith. 
So Jesus decides to go with him. A crowd follows. I can guarantee Jairus' uh, response would have been like, he's coming with me. He's going to heal my daughter. There would have been a commotion. There's a crowd around already. I can guarantee Jairus would be telling people, in faith, Jesus is going to heal my daughter. What we see after that is there is a woman that overhears this commotion. She sees the crowd. She sees Jesus and she thinks, oh, well, I know Jairus. He's, he's the synagogue leader here. And, and Jesus is going to heal his daughter. Maybe, maybe if I just touch his garment, I'll be healed. Because I'm hearing, I'm hearing Jairus has faith for his daughter. Maybe I'll just touch, just, just a quick touch. She touches, touches his um, cloak and gets healed. And then after that, we, we hear that Jairus would be thinking in that moment, right? Jesus didn't have to pray and he healed her. Right, Jairus would be full of faith right now, knowing that the journey he is on is about to be like epic. And he's greeted with the craziest news. Just at the probably peak of his faith, where he is so expectant that his daughter will be well, he ends up being told that his daughter's passed away. His daughter's died. And yet Jesus, right? This is one thing I want us to remember, church. Whatever man says isn't what God says sometimes, right? Because Jesus, overhearing what man is saying to the situation, turns to Jairus and says, don't be afraid, just believe. And whenever we feel like we're at our wit's end, where the situation's over, we cannot get through, actually it's dead, where there's no coming back from this. Jesus says, don't be afraid, what? Just believe. About four years ago, I found myself in Africa um, speaking at a youth conference, which was just out of this world. It was crazy. Definitely a different culture to New Zealand. Um, Yeah, that was wild. We had been part of, well, I was asked to go with a good friend of mine who was speaking at a pastor's and uh, elders sort of conference, and I was going to do like a bit of singing and worship and pray for some young people. And we had... They, the way they created it, they did uh, some, crus- they called them crusades. <laughs> and basically we went out into these tiny little villages in the bottom of Malawi at a small town called Nisanji. And we went out, we were seeing some amazing work of God. People were coming into these tiny little brick huts and they were packed to the brim, people were out the door and services were going for hours praying for the sick, seeing them healed, seeing um, this, these beautiful little babies this is an example, they, they had insomnia or they were screaming all through the night and they would come up to the altar, people pray for them and they would just silence and sleep. Like God's presence was just doing really amazing things. And it came to part of the trip where we had to travel by boat to this village. You couldn't access it by land. And on the itinerary that I got sent, it was, um, we're going by power boat. And I was like, oh, let's go. Power boat. That's going to be sick. Can I tell you right now, powerboat in Africa is not a powerboat in New Zealand. Okay? It is not the same thing. My granddad created, uh, made jet boats for a living. It is not a jet boat. Uh, it is a small fiberglass hull, uh, about 14 foot long, with a 15 horsepower motor on the back. And I was like, okay, powerboat. I get it. There's the power. Because the power went out a lot while I was in Africa. If it rained, power poles fell down. We're out. So we were sitting in the dark. We come to the jetty, the jetty, a.k.a. the mud bank, and we jump in this boat. I get in first, and I go to step over the boat, 
And as I put my foot into the boat, my foot goes through the floor. Not the hull, praise God. My foot goes through the floor of the boat. And I'm thinking, oh, what is going to happen? I gingerly just, next one, and just creep up to the other side. There's no seats in this boat. So I, I think light as a feather, light as a feather, and sit down on the side of the boat. Tense, tense myself up. And my friend gets in, his son gets in, the pastor we're ministering for gets in, the elder gets in, another elder gets in, another elder, and I'm sitting there like, that'll do. That, I have faith, but how much? There was about 10 of us in this tiny boat, and the water clearance between the top of the hull to the river was about two inches. Um, I foolishly decided to read up on Nisanji before we went there and I um, read a beautiful article. It wasn't beautiful at all. It was actually terrifying and tragic. A young boy, about 15 year old, was taken by a crocodile at the very bank we're getting into this boat um, two weeks before we went there. So I was like, yeah, this river sounds mint. It's called the Sherry River and we got in and the guy's just trying to start the motor and took about 15 tries. I was like, oh, the power boat is going to be rowing down the river let's go he starts the motor and unfortunately the motor starting has frightened a hippo that was right beside the boat and that comes up and I was like oh I was like they go does anyone want a life jacket and I was like yes please (laughs) life jackets in Africa are not made in 2xl (laughs) so a size s I'm very unfamiliar with that size I have to put myself in that squeezing the side of the boat and we're off we go. Everyone's casual as, and I'm sitting there like, I don't want to die, I don't want to die, I don't want to die. I can guarantee at that moment my faith was very high. Please, God, get me through this. I need you. But a part of me as well, as this was going on, we were cruising down the river, we saw snakes cruise past the boat, we saw crocodiles, no more hippos, praise God. We saw a lot of villagers looking at us going, oh, that poor boat. <laughs> Part of me was thinking, God must be wanting to do something amazing if this is how I feel on the journey. If I'm slightly nervous, and part of me was like, oh man, what are you wanting to do at the other end of this trip, God? And we got to the village. It was amazing. The village had never seen a white person before, let alone someone my size covered in tattoos. And I was praying for them. We had a powerful ministry time. They had this rusty old drum with a goat skin stretched out, just kicking that thing hard. It was going off. And then the ministry time came and some man came up the front. He was led up the front. He was fully blind. He had white, the white of his eyes and the irises of his eyes were completely the same colour. And I foolishly asked him to close his eyes. What a stupid thing to say. (laughs) So rude. I was talking through an interpreter. I said, close your eyes, we're going to pray. It was probably so I didn't put my hand on his eyeballs, you know? Like, and we prayed, we prayed, and we prayed like this. God, restore this man's eyesight. Healing in the name of Jesus. Amen. That was it. Can I tell you the shock that man had when the first thing he saw... was a six foot three white man standing in front of him. 
the colour was completely restored in his eyes. He could see around him. He started celebrating. I started going, what the fuck? That is unreal. That is unreal. This is a prayer I prayed and I was like, oh yeah, okay. Right, we've prayed these prayers. Hey, yeah, okay, yeah, we'll pray for that. Then God does it. How do we react? Jairus and his wife react. They're, They're astonished. They're shocked. He had asked Jesus to come heal his daughter, yet he was freaked out when it happened. And exactly the same thing happened. About two prayers later, this woman came up. She had a tumour the size of a golf ball in her side. Put my hand on it and I felt it disappear under my hand. And I'm thinking, ugh. (laughs) It's gross. It's yuck. What part, come on guys, like we're about to have a baby. There is nothing about that that's beautiful. It's gross. It's so gross. When Darby was born. Okay. All I have to say is that the midwife asked if I wanted to catch him. I said yes. She didn't give me gloves. I, I placed him gently on the table. I said, no, thank you. No, thank you. Can I say, when God, when God does God things, your faith is lifted, that you have this assurance, no matter what you're facing, you pray and you believe and you expect that it'll happen. You expect that it'll happen. This couple came up the front just after I prayed for the person with the tumour and they've been trying to have a baby for about five or six years and they, they said that. And I was that full of faith in the moment. I was like, oh, did you see the guy's eyes? this is going to happen. So I said, close your eyes. In Jesus' name, we just pray. Reproductive organs just be healed. In the name of Jesus. And I was like, you guys should go sleep together. (laughs) Hands down, the weirdest thing I've ever said to anyone. Ever. Ever. And I probably, actually, I never will say that again. (laughs) Can I just highlight some points from Jairus' story? The first one, we'll go, we'll, Get out of Africa, guys. (laughs) The first thing we see about Jairus is he humbled himself and he came to Jesus. Can we get the band up or the guitar? Man, worship was good this morning. I just love worshipping Jesus. So good. Jairus, a synagogue leader, guarantee he's been praying. Humbles himself, comes to Jesus, presents his situation to God and says, I need you. Can I tell you this morning that no matter how many times you've prayed for the thing that you're believing for, don't stop. It literally says in the Bible, pray without ceasing. Continually pray. If we have not seen the answer, let's keep going. And we can read the Bible and start to gain some assurance. The Bible lifts our faith, right? The Word of God and the teaching of Jesus lifts our faith. This theme of following Jesus, man, it encourages me to live day to day. Doesn't it? I absolutely love that, that he needed to humble himself and come to Jesus. Number two is that your faith journey is what others need to see their healing. Think about that. If Jairus never went to Jesus, the woman with the issue of bleeding would never have been healed. 
Jairus needed to go on this journey with Jesus to his house, sharing the faith that he had along the way for the woman to overhear it and think she had a chance. We need to share our faith, guys. I, I, I'm pretty open about it on, um, like Graham said, on social media. I really don't care. At the end of the day, if it disappears, I'm still here. Who cares? Cancel culture. Get out of here. It does not matter. We have the answer, church. And we need to share that. We need to be open about it. We need to tell people what we're believing for, even before it's happened. We, the church, believe that Jesus is going is to restore all things. So let's tell people about Him. Tell people about Him. My next point, which probably is my favourite, favourite point of this story, is that He doesn't want to just see you healed. He wants to see you known. The woman was set free in a moment of touching Jesus. And yet Jesus turned around and said, who was that? This is the same Jesus that knew exactly what the Pharisees were thinking and called it out. He would have known who touched him. He would have known exactly who touched him. Yet Jesus doesn't want to just have an encounter with you. He wants to know you. Every single encounter with God should not reveal just a little bit more of who God is, but who you are. Because the woman with the issue of bleeding would have been known as an outcast in that society. She would be deemed unclean. She would be deemed like not wanted. Yet Jesus calls her daughter. That is her identity. That is revealed in that moment. And my last point is, don't be afraid. What? Just believe. We church need to remember who it is we're putting our faith in who it is we're praying to, who it is that tells us no matter what man has got going on and telling you is going on in your world, don't be afraid, just believe. Let God have the final say on your situation. Come to Him, ask Him daily. Walk by faith, not by sight. I can't see the outcome, but God, would you show me? God, let me walk with you this journey. And along the way, I'm gonna tell this person, hey, I'm believing for this. We had a, we had a um, I'm open about my faith on social media and we've got a, a young guy that reached out to me on my building page. I randomly said, oh, come around for dinner. Never met him before in my life. Came around. Hi, I'm Alex. Oh, yeah, I know. I've seen you. Um, I, was, I haven't seen you. We chatted. We chatted. He came to church. The following week after that, he came to our home for church. He got saved. He's been coming to church with us ever since. And there's a part about him that just knows God's doing a work. I shared this message on generosity and he goes, I don't have any money, but I just went and offered my time to someone. I was like, oh, you look lonely. Should we play? Kicked a ball around with some dude at a park. And I was like, that is faith. That is a journey. That is a day-to-day walk. Man, can we share our faith? I'm going to pray, and if, if you're there in Wellington or online, I'd just uh, love it if you could position yourself. And we're going to pray a prayer. And then after that, in this room, we're going, to, we're going to believe for God to do some powerful things. Powerful things. We're going to empower the church to be the church. So can we just close our eyes? Put your hand out. Put your hand on your heart. Whatever it is that just you focus on Jesus right now. Right now in Wellington, I just love it. Close your eyes. God wants to minister to you right now in your room.
God, I thank you so much for who you are. I thank you for the teaching of Jesus. I thank you that we have your word. God, increase our faith. Right now, across every location of Annisbrook, increase our faith that we would share the good news, that we would share the hard news. We need faith in every season. And right now, we hold on to faith. Right now, we have the assurance of the things we're hoping for, of the things that people tell us are dead, of the things that people tell us no doctor can fix. We have the faith in Jesus. God, right now in this moment as we just receive your presence, would you let us know who we are? You don't deem any situation different. The woman with the issue of bleeding for 12 years, the daughter who had died was 12 years old. You see us all the same. You want to love every single one of us. God, I pray this morning that people would remember their identity as a son, as a daughter, loved, cherished by you. We thank you so much for who you are. Thank you so much that you choose to walk with us. Although you have the power to answer us in a moment, you choose to walk with us. Come, breathe upon every situation that we're facing. Be with us in every moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, right now we're just gonna say goodbye to everyone in our Wellington location. We're gonna pass you back to the team there. Can we, church, put our hands together for everyone in Wellington? Thank you for coming. Amen, amen. And right now, right now, guys, I'd just love it if we could stay in this moment. While I was in Auckland uh, living there a few years ago, a healing evangelist came to our church. He prayed for some sick people. They got healed. It was amazing. It was so cool. I was leading worship at the time and he prayed this. He said this at the end of the service. He's like, who would like to pray for the sick and see them healed? And if I ask that question to you, who would like to see the sick healed when you pray for them? Anyone? Right. Oh, cool. That's good. <laughs> pray for them. Like, oh, I knew you weren't going to get better. No one thinks that, right? So he prayed this prayer and he goes like this. He goes, God, right now I release the gift of healing in the room. Amen. And it was awesome. It was great. I was like, oh yeah, cool. That was nice. We went home. I was flatting with a bunch of my Christian mates at the time and we talked on Monday night like, oh yeah, that was pretty cool. Eh? At the end of the service, he said, now just go try it. Just go try it. So we're sitting in our flat. It's like, who's sore? Like, who's, are you, are you, do you, do you have anything that hurts? And one of our flatmates is like, oh, I've got a sore knee. And we're like, oh, we'll pray for that. Yeah, sick, bro. Yeah, do it. Because <laughs> you're a young male. That's how you talk. <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah, me. We put our hands on, on his leg. We said, God, we just receive you right now. Heal, heal Jamie's leg. Amen. He's like, oh, far out, bro. It's like, it's, there's no more pain in there, right? I was like, really? Cool. Like, mean. 
And we went and took that to um, our connect group during the week. And we're like, well, we pray for his leg. And it was healed. Like, <laughs> cool. There have been like crazy things happening at the service on Sunday. Like this kid felt a pop in his stomach. And um, he's like, oh, I think that pop meant that I'm now not gluten intolerant anymore. He, like, he was like 12 years old. And he's like, I'm going to go eat a pie. <laughs> Kids, eh, youth. What the heck? Oh, I must be healed of that. So he went and ate a pie and he was completely healed of it. But we're buzzing out that our mate's just, his knee, all the pain's gone. So we tell our connect group and they're like, oh, well, maybe we should pray for others. Who else hurts? Who else is sore? We pray for them and people are getting healed and we're like, oh, it's amazing. And then this woman stands up at the end of, of one of our nights. She's been coming for a few weeks. She says, this is before I went to Africa. She says to me, Oh, I've, got, I've got this condition, um, scoliosis, which is a curvature of the spine. She's like, it gives me a lot of pain. It hurts my posture. And we're like, oh, well, let's pray for it. Like, the pain's gone from Jamie's knee, so <laughs> let's give it a whirl. And we put our hand on her back. And we say, God, we receive your Holy Spirit. Heal this woman's back in the name of Jesus. Amen. While I was praying, I felt vertebrae shift across my fingers into the palm of my hand. And my instant reaction was, that's disgusting. (laughs) Because there shouldn't be a part of us that thinks, ha, I knew that would happen. Thank you, Lord. We need to keep our sense of awe and wonder that when God shows up, we are far out. The King of kings, the Lord of lords comes to be with us. She collapses to the ground crying and we're like, oh, you're definitely healed. I felt it. That's yuck. She comes a couple of weeks later and she's got these x-rays that show her back perfectly straight. So powerful. And there's, there's some other stories, but for time's sake, I don't want to share them this morning. I love it if we prayed for each other. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at info or visit our website.